I am unashamed. What about you? So, so Dad, you came in today. You, yeah, we're actually. I'm already laughing. Twenty just minutes late. Because I put on a fresh shirt. Well, let me tell the story. You were coded. You, you were five minutes. We get here. Phil's always here. He's, he's first, always the you know, first, he's one, first here. one here. Yeah. And we get here today. We come in, sit down. No Phil. So Phil comes in a few minutes late, and he literally looked like he had been rolling around in a mud pit with an alligator. His hair still—you can't tell probably on screen, but yeah, uh, it's it's um, sticking in there. Yeah, there's mud. A piece. He was just mud well, and, see about and, that? and wet mud. with sweat. So you just kind yeah. of press it down, and it'll dry out. It'll crumble in about an hour. Yeah, it'll just start crumbling. I had the same problem. But I had a I had something yesterday. When I, I usually wait to Saturday to take a shower, but today I think I might have to take one on Monday. So we said, "Look, it does like go, we got to get this thing going." We're like, "No, no, no, go go clean yourself. clean yourself up." So you actually the way you know you looked ten minutes ago was as well, as Granny used to say, repulsive and obnoxious and despisable. So so we're what, not, tell tell we're the not, artist what you what, were doing what caused the yeah, mud. Why were you covered in We're dirt? not farmers, but but uh, yesterday, uh, stone started at 6 o'clock in the morning. I went up and uh, met with the brothers up there in uh, a church building. So it's it's the second time I've... I've been to town five times in uh, <laughs> since April. And so now you're back to going once a week. I, I go up there. I go up there once a week. But it, I didn't know y'all were met. I thought. Uh, yeah, they met. They started meeting the same. same I was in Austin. Yeah. With Jeff. We were going to meet, but they canceled service. But a lot of no, people a spike down there, yeah. might not understand uh, from, from Air Vantage. But okay, I, I sit down. I sit at a yeah. table. I don't talk down to them. I talk with them. So I got my Bible out. And I had a lesson prepared, uh, and some people came up and said, "There's a couple in the audience, and uh, they want one of them wants you to baptize them." I said, "Really?" And then, then five minutes later, somebody else came up and said, "There's another couple over there. See that that younger man? Yeah, and his wife. They're here. They want you. He wants you to baptize him." I said, "Well, great." And I looked back at my lesson there, and they said, and "Somebody else walked up and said, there's somebody here from. They were from." Uh, there's, we got a guy here from New Jersey, came all the way down here and wants you to baptize him. I said, well, i tell you what, <laughs> since we have three on tap here and they want to be born again today, I said, we'll just, I'll just give you some scriptures that you could look into. So I went through the gospel with them, you know, you know, who are you counting time by? It's 2,020 years from something. So you walk it back, you get to Jesus coming in flesh, dying on a cross, being buried. So I just went through the gospel. Faith in that message. Faith comes from hearing the message. The message is heard through the word of Christ. So I said, that is the message. Secondly, I said, if you believe it, a lot of people say, well, nothing you can do about it. Well, you, you, you have to believe it. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. You must believe he exists, and he'll reward you for all the ones that are that seek him. So we talked about faith. We talked about repentance. I don't know what y'all been up to. Where are you from? Uh, I'm just talking to him now in the audience. He said, New Jersey. I said, New Jersey. I said, one of the few people I've met on the earth from New Jersey. I said, I'm glad you're here. I said, so where are you folks from? Uh, Indiana. I said, Indiana. Yep. Great state. And I said, and you, my friend, he said, I'm from Oberlin, Louisiana. I said, Oberlin. Then it Never occurred, heard of it. it. Well, it's down there around Kinder. It's uh, heading toward New Orleans, Oberlin. And uh, he had a little French vintage wife. I could tell that. And, uh, By their accent? I asked her about her cooking. Yep. I, and just the way she looked, you know, she looked like a little Cajun lady. Yep. Which so I went through the gospel with them, and and now we get to a man Please. is fixing to be born again, and he believes that Jesus was raised from the dead three days after he died. 
So here comes the pandemic and the rules and regulations regarding social distancing because I can either rope him and just throw him down in the water with a rope, making sure I'm six, eight feet away, or I can just put my hand on the guy, walk up to him, and tell him Jesus has removed your sin and will raise you from the dead. The only problem is uh, I'm not going to give you coronavirus because I haven't been to town but five times, and then I've been shielded at that. I said, but if he can raise dead men from the ground, yeah, let's trust him on the pandemic. How about that? You may give you some motivation. You know what this. the people did, by the way? And this is a congregation 60% black. 40% white. I only bring that up because people say I'm a racist. And I'm like, well, you could have fooled me. So I, I told him, I, when I told the congregation, what do y'all think? That he can raise dead men from the ground or, or we got to get six foot away. How are we going to get this guy and baptize him? I haven't found that text in Scripture. Unless there's a pandemic, you got to shut it down. You baptize them unless there's a pandemic, and then call it off. I'm like, born again, eternal well, let life. Me, let me give you some. I said, let's just trust in God and go with it, and and we'll see. And if I get if I get the coronavirus and die, I'm like, I went out in a blaze of glory. Is all I can tell you. Yeah. Let me give you some motivation because I I went and saw Jeff this well. The past Jace, you think I need some motivation? <laughs> no, but you're gonna like this story. All right, I like uh, that you're, you're gonna dislike the story so much. Oh, I'm motivated when I got up this morning at six really... o'clock planning the privet hole so we can kill some ducks over there. Well, you was up there watching the stock market. <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Subdivision. Free money. Jace, I'm you your dad. Like I'm 74. <laughs> you just hit 50, but your whiskers are getting gray. So we we basically I don't want to come on too strong, but you've caught up with me, you and Al here. Oh. Y'all are like, you're not young bucks anymore, Jace. Well, now, I know you don't like mirrors in particularly, but, I mean, I just think we stood side by side. There's still a yeah. chasm. Yeah. But uh, the, mo What's the, motivation? the motivation. Oh, I'm trying to get to see why Phil's so stirred you know up why? this morning. He is stirred you, up. You know my view of it, Al? At least we're still here. Because <laughs> well, right. every time I say, you know, I'm getting too old for this stuff, <laughs> up here at 6 o'clock in the morning running around out there yeah. in the mud hole. But then good. it occurs to me, I said, then I keep getting older, Yep. and I keep putting up with this stuff. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So, Well, I thought you were having people work for you, but now after I saw you, nope, you're doing some work. <laughs> It's hard to get that muddy without doing something. Yeah, you're doing – you were still – I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it wasn't a splatter. This was a – you've been rolling around Remember, in the we're mud. planting silt, silt for all of these ladies and gentlemen that are not familiar with that because they live in some subdivision cooped up, you know, four <laughs> stories up the building there. So silt is what backwater leaves. Backwater, when it finally falls out after a 20-foot backwater for four months – High water. Mm -hmm. As soon as it comes off that ground, if you're the first person who plants something, if you can plant your crop before the undesirables start coming up out there, you'll have a crop. But you've got to catch it. As soon as the water comes off of it, within three days, you have to be there. And where it's not so muddy, you bog down all your equipment. And yeah. you say, what kind of piece of equipment would you drive out in the middle of the woods like that? Because it is muddy like you wouldn't believe, soft mud. Yeah. I've got Yamaha, the Yamaha people, they make great machines. I asked them, did they make ones with uh, these tracks, like little yeah. bulldozer tracks yeah. on each wheel? They said, it, it, we can do it. So they fixed me one up, and uh, they're great people, by the way. Old it's Kyle, a side-by-side -side Kyle in East Texas over there, he's got about four or five dealerships. Yeah. I'm giving them a plug here. But the bottom line <laughs> is they got that machine, and you can ride on top of that silt, that mud, and, you, and your rig won't sink. Oh, okay. Well, Dan is spraying it by hand because our little cedar we had on the back of the wheeler, it it, it, I ran over a bunch of little old trees going in there, thick in there. So it, we tore it up. So I got out there and was walking. Uh, Dan was walking, the Dan the eunuch. He's walking and planting the whole thing with just a bag on by his hand. neck by hand. So he's got him a little twirler there. I'm going back and covering it up with them tracks because it's soft. So to keep the birds from getting it, yeah. I'm just going round and round. After he plants it, I, I went in there behind him. He'd plant some more. I'd go in there behind him. He'd plant some more. He'd come over there, fill his bag back up. So we're just stomping around in the mud. I'm going just right across there, covering up the 
the seed. So, so how the are you birds keeping him motivated? To, huh? How are you keeping him motivated? Because he sounded like that sounds like Dan. Yeah, that sounded like kind of when he would stop <laughs> and his strength <laughs> was leaving him. But he's Mr. Muscle oh, Man. I know he's all. I don't he's get skinny ones or real heavy ones. No, because they'd, they'd die. But he got out there and said, "Dan, just remember, it's good for the upper abs, man." Of course, he's just 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 stomping just through mud. <laughs> he's a ninja, and he would be looking up in the air and look. He would be doing his shoulders like that. He's looking up into the sky, and he would be just standing there. And I said, Dan, you're, you're all right. He said, I'm thirsty. I said, now I'll get you some water. I said, Dan, in the days of Moses, I said, they didn't have tractors. They didn't have cedars. You know how they planted something? I said, you've got a little thing that's twirling, that's spreading it. I said, they reached over in that bag. And, and slung it with their hands. I said, Dan, you're way back in time now, son. I said, this is the only way they could do it. So That's you why took him back people. to thousands of years ago and said, look at the advances we've made. I said, they hired people to do what you're doing right now. I said, so suck it up, son. It's Every time I, I hear that kind oh, of story, I think about, oh, remember our friend W.E.? Oh, yeah. We were playing softball. <laughs> we are playing softball, and he was, like you, you mentioned, he way too heavy. To be, because he was at the later stages of his career. Well, he had, he had skinny legs, but a big belly, and that's why wow, he's yeah. huge. Yeah. But he was very competitive, and he was a good ball player. He but the older he got, he just and so he hits a you Time know hits one to the wall, takes a bad bounce. So he's he he's running around the bases. The guy's fumbling with the ball. He's trying to get it inside. He's huffing and puffing. Oh, he's doing yeah. more than that. And we were all sitting in the dugout, you know, cause, and he's rounding third because the idea of him hitting an inside. He's coming in. Inside the park home run is like. And he sees this is his the, crowning moment. Take the worst out of shape person you know, and it's like it can never happen. Well, yeah. it's like the guy that and, that's uh, your, your favorite comedian, have a salad, what? Yeah. Bob Hughes. Bob Hughes. Yeah. So look, he, he weighed in at twelve hundred. <laughs> look, I remember this like it was yesterday. When he rounded third, all of a sudden everything slowed down in my mind, and he tried to stop because he realized he couldn't make it. And it's like in slow motion, I could see all of his body going one way, and he said, "No, I'm going to go back to third. But there was so much weight there. That during that transition, one of his knees, it just popped. Just, and, and you could see it, and it was loud. Oh, yeah. It just went pop. It, it was me very agonizing to watch. Mm. And so he crawled back to third. And here's – it wasn't funny <laughs> at the time. he's much pain. Oh, he's oh, writhing he's in pain. It wasn't funny. But it has become funny <laughs> through the years. We well, can laugh about it We wa- The whole team comes out there. And he turns over and he says, water. <laughs> water. I'm water. like, you just broke your leg and you're worried about these three bases that he just ran. He's like, water. <laughs> so for years, oh, every my. time I've seen him, I'm like, water. water. <laughs> it, I think he, he recently, a couple of three years ago, he's about y'all's age. He just got a repl- that knee replaced. Yep. Yeah. yeah, which he got that was could, what twenty years. That ago? was a long time ago. Was, we, we were that was twenty years. We were still young enough to think we could, you know, do things well, like yeah. that without getting. Red, that. if well, you're listening, you got up on now. The last time I saw he's you, not, he's not listening. He's not listening. <laughs> you, well, he was he's up to about four hundred. We probably had him for the first well, three. Minutes. I called him. I called him about. Uh, well, let's take a quick break. So one of the things we're enjoying in our new, even our new environment or our old environment is our black rifle coffee. Uh, we talk about it quite often. Got to have it. Strong. It's uh, it's tasty. It's roasted just right. Um, the company was founded uh, by veterans, um, guys that have been in the military, which is awesome. We love that. Um, so. Uh, in fact, uh, I was reading, Jace, that uh, Evan Hafer, who is the CEO and founder of it, he was spent 20 years in the U.S. Army as an in- infantryman. So uh, these are the kind of guys that we like, yes. you know, special 100%. special forces guys. So we're calling this uh, America's Coffee, uh, Freedom Coffee, they call it. So we want you to check it out, try it. You can basically go to blackriflecoffee.com slash fill. 
If you use the promo code FEEL, you get 20% off your first purchase. That also includes their coffee club, which we are a member of. So check out blackriflecoffee.com slash FEEL. So I called Bill, W's, he's a bunch of different names. Red Shoes. Red Shoes. So I called him because I'd heard he lost some weight, and I was about to start a diet. I said, so I just make him feel good. I said, I heard you lost some weight, so I kind of want to see what you were doing. He said, well, you've gotten in bad shape if you're calling W.E. for weight advice. I said, yeah, I have. That's it, why I'm it's calling. hard to describe W.E. <laughs> to people who don't know him. He's like, he's he's obno- he is obnoxious, repulsive, and what other word would you say? Well, Brash, Granny said, Granny said despisable. But he's a, <laughs> once you get to know him, oh, he's a good he's, guy. Kind of he a was the best lovable, man. angry person. He's the, he was my best be man at my wedding. Yeah. But he, uh, so I said, I heard you lost, how much weight have you lost, Bill? He said, 80 pounds. I was like, man, congratulations. That's awesome. He said, well, I still got another Hondo to go. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, sorry, Bill. <laughs> I didn't realize you weren't quite at the halfway point with the two well, Hondos. So I hope he's doing well. So look, all I got was going to tell, this, tell you uh, about. You could not have uh, – a man, I mean, the guy that was the Dan that was walking around hand planting that in that muck. Oh, you you would have had to have somebody under forty. Dan's about thirty four, thirty five. He's in his prime. Well, he's, he's solid a, muscle. He's but, a but, ninja. But, but, but he you wouldn't take walls. a man. Red would no. They'd, they'd, you'd call the ambulance. You'd haul him off. <laughs> That's right. You'd have to get a traco down there because he'd still be sinking. <laughs> that much. Right. I've experienced that. You know. So I was going to give you the motivation. Now here's your motivation. Because I, I went to Austin because we had to go to Missy's grandma's funeral, and uh, we didn't have to go. We wanted to go. And uh, which, which, How was the COVID funeral? That's you not, know probably what? not good, huh? It was depressing. We have so many laws now, and, and I get it. We're trying to stop it. But, but it's like the stress and anxiety that we're causing because – Number one, it was a hundred degrees. Well, you know, you can't go indoors, so we're outside because you because of the corona. You got to be outside. Everybody's got a mask on, and it's a hundred hundred degrees 100 in the shade. One, no, I'm not embellishing. It no, was yes. one hundred degrees, and so we're outside. And then you got a mask on, so now it's one oh nine right here in your face. Yeah, yeah, and. uh but you know, and then you got to be social distancing. Well, you know, everybody's emotional and upset, so we got to stay away from each other. It's hard to recognize family members you haven't seen in a while when they have a mask on. So I'm like, yeah. I'm leaning over to Missy. I'm like, because I knew it was a family you don't only. Know who to hug or who, and I'm yeah. like, who is this? And she's like, I really don't know. With the mask, I mean, it, hmm. it was just hard to know, and it was just so so awkward. It, it, it I just, I didn't like it at all, but. You know, we're, you know, I told Missy, some of the conversations I had, I basically went with the best advice I ever got. I think when I lost my granny or Paul, you know, with, with us, uh, I remember Mac Owen coming over and some encouragement, and he got his Bible out, and he turned over to Hebrews 11. And he, well, 11, yeah. yeah. But 11, he, he added yeah. her to the list. He had it there. I was like, who is that? He had granny. He's like, that's your granny. But he had some other people there oh, yeah. too. And I thought. He's a great cloud of witnesses. That's a good, that's a good idea. Yeah. Yep. And uh, so then we moved to Hebrews 12, which basically, since we're surrounded, now what? You know, now since we're surrounded, she's, so number one, put her on the list. She's there. So, so what do we do? Then he says, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witness, Witnesses, let's throw off the things that hinder the and the sin that so easily entangles, entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. So fix, that that's the goal. We we got to move on. Well, then my next the next verse is my, one of my favorite verses in the Bible. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. So I t- basically told people read the red letters, and let's go. Let me use this as motivation. Because some of our, you know, some of the family, they get bogged down. And, and use this funeral as, as a place to bury any kind of conflicts. Because with all families, you always have conflicts and things that didn't go right through the years. And you can use that as motivation. So I, that was kind of my motivation. But anyway, and so then 
I stayed with Jeff and Jessica, which was awesome because they were like, you know, don't leave. Why don't y'all move out here? And uh, so they were, <laughs> I think they just missed the family. <laughs> and uh, we went metal detecting. Well, we only, in two days, I only found. And y'all, you're actually moving, well, at least part-time. Don't well, we're, we're, we're thinking about it. But we, uh, I found an 1898 half dollar, silver half dollar. So that was all. Jeff's never found a silver coin. I literally 10 minutes into the hunt, I walk out there and it goes off. I thought it was an aluminum can and it's a mint condition, 1898 half dollars. Like, yeah. Jeff, you've never found silver in Texas? He's like, nope. I mean, we had just it was started. a dollar piece or a 50? half dollar. Half yeah. dollar. And I said, I hope my aunt, and he, I thought he was going to pass out. He's like, you just found that? I was like, yep, right there. So then we like Jeff hung out there Texas for, or not. We hung out there for like four hours, you know, but that's the only thing we found. But anyway, on the way back, because uh, I had to get Mia, she was going to camp, so I had to get her back. The one news story, this is your motivation I was going to give you. Yeah, I've, I, been, I've been waiting a while now. <laughs> We've been, this is a circular, you know, you've lost. Jason's got it in uh, his head. I need to be motivated. But come on out with it. I'm okay. still. We're Did you stories. know? Did you know that in California, over the past two or three days, uh oh, California, they passed a law, the governor of California, saying you cannot sing in church. Because of the coronavirus. Look it up. You have got to be kidding. It's true. I, you hadn't heard this? I figured you listened and watched the news. I just happened to hear it in an interview. They had interviewed. What happened was three. There's, there's three churches three, suing. Yeah, yeah. three other pastors sued, so they were interviewing one of them. That's, I caught the interview. But what was disturbing about it is when you kind of break it down and analyze it. Now, because these churches, at first they said, just like ours, they were like, okay, you can meet, but it can only be 25% capacity, whatever. So everybody's following the rules. Okay, even we did that. Six feet apart, okay. But now when they did that, they said no. Because here's why. You you can talk, but you can't sing. Well, just think about it. Because that's the underlying impression. Look. The protesters outside the street, they can shout. There ain't nobody, Yelling, there's no mandate over that. You no. can, you know, shout, holler, do sing songs. Or Chase, there's a picture of somewhere in L.A. I've seen it. I mean, they had a drone, and there were that 50 thousands of people just stacked in like cordwood from a few weeks ago, yelling and screaming. Some had a mask, some didn't. And I'm like, how do you look at that? And then you mm -hmm. tell churches... You can't sing. That's crazy. Well, since the difference in me. The only way you the, can the, look at it is we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, yeah. but against mm -hmm. the the rulers, the authorities, <clears throat> the powers of this dark world, right. and the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. It's a spiritual battle going on. Well, there's if, no doubt. If, if no somebody doubt. passes an edict, some governor, that you can't sing, I mean, come on. In church, but you can get in large, large groups of two or three, four or five thousand, and do everything: spit, holler, throw. Uh, and look, a, you already got insane. a look. You already got a mask on. Yeah, you see what I mean? They're, right. But you can't see. Well, that's just a spiritual undertone. Now, look, the difference in me and y'all is when I heard that on the news, I had no reaction because I didn't know if it was true or not. But when I got home, I looked it up because I thought, I, I want to see true. if that's true. Because it sounded so ridiculous that I thought, this can't be true. No, it's true. <laughs> that The governor sitting in his office. Persecution comes says, in many No forms, singing in church. I thought, now that's somebody who doesn't love Jesus and, and who's, th there's some bitterness here. When of all the things you could do, because you, like I said, you're not, Outlaw and talking, they have a mask on. They've complied with every other thing. You're not targeting any other group of people in any kind of way. In with you know, singing, shouting, talking loud, or, and then I just thought, yep, that's an that's an anti godly to me. That there's no other explanation than to say, 
I don't like God, and I don't. It bothers me that y'all are worshiping God. Yep. So I, I think you're exactly right. Let's take another break. So we talk about this. Uh, it's crazy when you think about it. I guess it's cyber crime is a, a new way. You know, people invent ways of doing evil. It's probably the number one crime now. Cyber oh yeah, because people, everybody's on the internet except Phil, especially during the pandemic. And uh, there's a, a woman named Deborah that literally lost her home, which was you know, and she was like, we were being evicted, and we didn't, you know, we, we thought we still owned our house, which is incredible. Stole the title, stole the title because it's out there in the computer land, as Dad calls it. But there's a company called Home Title Lock that basically can protect your online title. And so that's uh, their main job. You need to check these guys out. You go to HomeTitleLock.com. You register your address. Make sure you're not already a victim. If you use the code FEEL, you get 30 free days of protection. So HomeTitleLock.com, code FEEL. Check them out and check out. Make sure you're still on your own. And I think how you know that is because... I think they, I think they hate us, boys. They do. Well, and, finish your thought. Well, I was going to say that when you look at their their logic, because they'll say, well, you have a constitutionally protected right to protest. And then you're like, yeah, and a constitutionally protected right of religion to practice that. So when you were talking about baptism a minute ago, that's a, one of our sacraments, one of our things. That's part of our sure. spiritual experience. The government can't tell you. I would go to jail for that. Yeah, that's fine. That's exactly right. But oh, that's but it's so hypocritical. I mean, I, I, is my point. Yeah, I would. I mean, to me, if, I would if they were the singing, ones, if yeah. they were walking down the street singing, I could at least see some logic from their view that you're spreading, you know. But to say at your building, which look, I think you should be singing in the streets, not necessarily in the building right. all the time, but. Having said that, this is just an attack on established churches. That's, sure. all, that, that's all that is. By, by a lot of different leaders around the country. Boys, all I'm telling y'all is if this bunch, if they win this upcoming election in about 100 days or so, three or four months, if they win, I fear that uh, we are going to suffer extreme persecution. I've been so saying we might as coming. well get ready for it. In fact, I thought the the part of the pan the, from just a spiritual perspective, part of the thing with the whole pandemic at the beginning, when most churches weren't meeting, I really viewed it as a sort of a first opportunity for us to be. What's it going to be like when we can't meet? Because what happens right. when the government? It's coming. Just said, yeah, we're already seeing it. You know, well, I think coming. this was the first sign I've seen. It's coming. All right, do you want to get into John now? Or you want to take questions? So. We'll get into John now, but I want to mention something before we get there because you, you brought this up a minute ago and it, it sparked something in my brain, uh, and I think it'd be good for our audience. So, you know, a funeral is a is an opportunity for us to say, you know, good things about a person, gather as a family. Basically, you're saying, see you later. You know, we realize the resurrection, so we don't grieve like the rest of men who have no hope. But I just, <clears throat> as I was sitting here, I was thinking about we had a cousin, uh, dad's nephew, that um, got addicted to opioids, and so <clears throat> it eventually took his life. He took his life as a result because he was going to go to prison. And so w- for the last 10 years of his life, you know, it was just addict. It was betrayal, you know, his family, lies, why, his, you know, everything was just a terrible period of time, even though we all tried to help him, mom and dad especially. But I thought about it <clears throat> when I was asked to speak at his funeral. Because he and I were close early in our life. And so, you know, I was just like, man, this is a tough one because his life was not good. Even though he had made attempts, you know, to get off of it through those last few years and uh, had had some spiritual moments. But still, overall, it was a train wreck. And everybody that was there was our family or people that knew him. And he had burned everybody in the group, all of us, you know. And so I just never forget when I was sitting there, I was watching they did those thing where they show pictures and it was really good for me because I remembered him from when we were young, you know, mm-hmm. when he was <clears throat> a good guy before he got hooked on drugs. So as I was sitting there, I thought, you know, I mean, the last 10 years were bad, but the first 42, you know, he was a good guy. He, he you know, we, we loved him. We still loved him. So it helped me kind of prepare my heart. So, you know, I, I did something at that funeral I'd never done before. And now I've done it at everyone since that I've spoken because I've done a lot of funerals. And it was to give the audience an opportunity 
to forgive him and not be bound anymore when you leave here to start a process because he's gone. So he can't make it right. See what I'm saying? Well, that's why I brought up the Hebrews 12. That's why I love that thought that you brought up. I think there were people there without getting too deep into it that had, had had some issues, you know, in the family just, just through the years. Right. And, uh, and so uh, Missy was kind of nervous about it, and that that's why I got in to this passage. He just, you know, I know we we revisited we visited earlier, and I'm revisiting it because if you look at it like that, because you're, you're right, and a lot, it's not our job to get up at a funeral, and you know, I, I've heard people say, well, that, you know, they preached him to heaven, yeah. or, you know, just some. He's gone. Right. Uh, and, you know, Jesus does say, let the dead bury their own dead. That's why I'm always looking forward. Right. They're gone. It's not going to make you feel any better on how the preacher weaves their life. You know, we're all alive. Right. So it's time to move on. But I love that because it says, we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. Let us throw off everything that hinders well, you think, what is that? We, we're all humans. We all make mistakes. We've all had to deal with bitterness, past mistakes. Right. So that pretty much covers everything. And then it says, and the sin that so easily entangles. Well, all the hindrances and disagreements that we have and all the you know, alienation and divisiveness in our family, it's what you do about it is what makes us right and so you can either choose to sin over it right or you can choose to forgive and, and move on but to me in this context it it all came from since all these people are dead and are right. watching i guess <laughs> right in, in some way and let let us run with perseverance the race Marked out for Jesus. Because it's like one of our family members who was particularly upset, you know, with Gigi dying. I mean, to a point to where I thought, if I'm looking and I I remember that verse, we don't grieve like the rest of men who have no hope. You meant you mentioned that twice. Right. But if I'm looking at you and it does seem like you are, right. I'm gonna read this. Cause I'm like, look, you've got to run the race with perseverance. Don't get so bogged down. In whatever is in your mind, mm-hmm. I, you know we're sad. It's okay to cry, but we're fixed to run the race here, and we're going to use this as motivation. And I guess what struck me was that, I mean, I've spoken a lot of funerals with, for a lot of families and a lot of people I didn't know that well, but obviously they were connected. But it hit me that every time you're gathering in that setting, there's somebody that has old wounds and old stuff and whatever. So mm-hmm. I, the, the the verse I read, Jay's Hebrews 12, same context, but a little bit later, verse 15 says, See to it that no one misses the grace of God and that no bitter root mm-hmm. grows up to cause trouble and defile many. And so that's what Excellent happens. Excellent point. Because people, if you carry that bitterness and you continue to carry it. So I, what I told our family was I said, Look, I know some of you are so deeply wounded sitting here today that you can't just do this because I'm reading the verse. I realize you got to. <laughs> it's going to take a minute, but you got to start the at least start the process in your heart because he's gone. And if you carry that hurt and wound in your life, then you're going to carry everything that destroyed him the last ten years of his life. You'll keep it going. I mean, that's the problem when we can't release. The only thing that that uh, <clears throat> will stop uh, anger or a bitterness. The only thing that will solve it, just forgive them. That's right. In your anger, do not sin. And and the way it's worded, do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. He said, better get over it quick. Right. Well, if that's the admonition, and don't give the devil a foothold. So the evil one works in there, especially yeah. with the anger. That's There's right. a lot of angry people running around on planet Earth, a lot of oh, them. Man. And that's the, that's the whole problem with this whole thing we see in our country. And a lot right. of them don't know why they're angry. They just are. That's right. That's well, a- well, his goal was verse 3. You know, He pointed you to Jesus in verse 2. He said, let's fix our eyes on Jesus. So that's why I tell you know, at any funeral, you need to read the red letters. Read them. 
Because you're always going to feel better, number right. one, but it's also going to give you a bigger picture because that's what Jesus did in every situation. He gave it a, a, a bigger picture of the life. So you fix your eyes on it, and then you consider him and what he endured because no matter whatever happened to you, nothing is as bad as what happened to Jesus because he didn't do one thing wrong, and they punished you him. You hear that him. same line over and over. I mean, you're trying to tell me after what they did to me that I need to you know, forgive them? Yeah, and you're trying to say love never fails. Never. Yeah. Just get over it, dude. Yeah. But I, mean, I think that's why Jesus went through the whole process is that you always we always use as an excuse for something that's bad that's happened to us on why we are the way we are. And Jesus can always trump that because not, that was the worst other than the innocent, you know, babies and because right. Jesus was innocent. But he's the only adult that was innocent that got punished if Jesus in the could, history of the world. If Jesus could muster up after they beat him half to death, falsely accused him, beat him half to death, and literally – strung him up by nailing spikes through his feet and his hands, and he still could say, forgive them. Mm -hmm. They don't know what they're doing. If you could still as, have forgiveness at that point. As he's hanging there. Well, he's hanging there, you're like. And not only that, Phil, it says, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, yep. who for the joy set before him. Endured the cross. Yeah, I was I was zeroed in on enduring the cross. Right. Well, who for the joy set before him? Well, what was that? A, a perfectly innocent man. But what was the joy set before him? Us That's had right. to be us. Had to be, had us. To be us. That's the only reason he did it. That's right. And with us and all our mistakes. So then he goes on the next verse saying, "Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men, so that you, which was his point." Throw off everything that entangles the sin. That's, I mean, the everything that hinders the sin so easily entangles, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Those are the two things. When you quit, that, that's when you quit. Yeah. When you start getting, well, oh, I'm tired. You know, I don't know why. I've, I've heard people say, I'm just tired of, you know, or and, and and they just give up. And so then they start doing things. That are sinful. Plus, it really helps yeah. you. Uh, the old guy, uh, week before last Sunday morning, I'm getting out of the rig, and I, I've already mentioned this. Some guy was calling me a white supremacist. You know, some dude standing on the side of the road. I'm a white supremacist and a racist. I heard those two remarks, and my bodyguard said, ease on in the building a minute. <laughs> so he goes over and had a little interview with him, invited him to hear a few words about Jesus. Yep. But a week later, there was three people that were born again in the same structure. Yep. That, and the, the guy was just, he didn't know what he was talking about. But you said, would you hold that against that old guy? No. I, I, it's kind of a sad thing, really. I'm like, hey. Did it cross your mind not to go the next Sunday? Um, because, Never entered my because mind. Because someone thought Never you were a racist mind. or a white supremacist? Never entered my mind. Ignorantly. Oh, no. It, no. Which is my point about the whole thing. It was more it. motivation for me right. than... Speaking of motivation, Jay, that motivates me when somebody says, wait, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> well, that's why I feel sadness when I see these people so bitter and so so hurt, you know? Sad thing to watch. Well, it's real. I, there, I've known families that were like people haven't spoken to one another in 20 years. Yep. Or, you know, it, it just, you're like, well, how does that happen? Who was that bunch uh, up in Missouri, the Hatfield McCoy? Well, they're in Kentucky. Kentucky. They fought for about well hundred years. I'm not they sure. forgot what the what the fight, fight was about after a while. Well, by the time you get so many generations into a fight, after a while, somebody's forgotten why it all started. I'm not sure yeah. they were believers. <laughs> they probably weren't. All we're going to be able to do is preview John Nunn because right. we're almost out of time. Well, let's take another break, dude. So uh, I, I've talked about it before. Lisa and I hadn't always had the best. Uh, credit history because we weren't always the best at 
taking care of our stop making bad decisions deals. well i'm doing better i'm doing better now we're, we both are but there was a time when we uh really needed if you're trying to we're trying to buy a car trying to buy a house uh we needed our credit score to be better than it was uh the folks at scoremaster.com would have been handy back in those days uh for us basically they help raise your credit score some have had as much as 61 points raised in 20 days so uh, if you're out there you're trying to refinance something, buy a car, buy a house, uh, we want you to check these guys out. It's scoremaster.com slash feel. Scoremaster.com slash feel and get your credit score up today. But I wanted to bring up something. I, I came across something pretty interesting. Uh, you know, I started thinking about this. I mean, Jesus bends down. You know, spits on the ground, makes a makes a mud pie. After they tried to figure out who's at fault here that someone is born blind, and so he just lickety spit and heals him. I literally just thought of that. That needs to be the title of your sermon. Now I've never lickety. I've never actually heard the exegetical. Uh, I'm gonna write that down. Lickety so, spit. Lickety spit. <laughs> it literally just came to my mind. <laughs> so look, good. I got to thinking about this because what we're fixing to do during the investigation of this, of course, this is like John five because he did this on the Sabbath. So that that comes up again. Well, here he is. I mean, well, how dare you make a mud pile on the Sabbath? <laughs> they didn't say that, but pretty much. Yep. What are you What are you doing? Yeah, by the so, way, you're there. But, I'll just insert while you're talking about that. All right. uh, one of the things Jesus said, I think earlier, was, but it's coming up. No, it's in John 10, where he said, "Don't blaspheme the Holy Spirit." He said, "Look, if you don't believe I'm who I say I am," he said, "at least believe the miracles." He said, "Yeah." yeah. In other words, what they should have done is said, now, "Wait a minute, he was blind. Yeah, now he can see." You're like, "Yeah." Even a miracle didn't do it for them. They, they're like, wait a minute here. I mean, what? Who's fault? What do I mean? Why? How come he was blind to begin with? And I, I, I'm sitting here thinking, if I had been there, I believe I'd have said, but maybe as an unbeliever, you're like, ah. But well, I got to thinking, yeah. Phil. I got to thinking, why would he do this? Because when people see this, the number one they think is gross. Well, that's gross. Yeah. But think about this. Jesus is the creator of the universe. We've already read John 1, 2. Nothing that has been made was made without him. That's right. Well, this was God. The actual spitting that we do, saliva and spit, that's God's idea. Well, you got to have he, it. Cre- he created this. Yeah. And so I got to thinking about this. Well, what were the Pharisees' problem here? They couldn't digest what Jesus was representing. Couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. So I got to looking at spitting. I was like, what What does spitting do? I, I was amazed what saliva does. Oh, no, you not, have it. not necessarily spitting, but I mean, I think God knew that if you put a bunch of saliva in your mouth, somebody's going to start spitting. <laughs> you know what I mean? You don't think he was surprised. You remember the guy that came down here? I just think of the things I've had to spit out, and I was glad I had the. Well, look, I did some research, and my point is. The wherewithal to do so. My point is this. I do think there's a correlation there, because when I looked at the roll of saliva, no, that was a lot of things. But the the top four, I guess, that stuck out to me, they, it you know protects your teeth. It keeps you from choking because it gives you some lubrication, but it starts digesting immediately. Whatever how God made us, yeah. In your when you're eating, and it also creates yeah. uh, for for whatever you're eating to taste better. I, I it don't, triggers I know, the taste. I've book. never heard of anyone who couldn't spit, but I would think it, that if you were not didn't have enough moisture in your mouth, though you would spit from time to time. I would think that would be a terrible position to be in. Why does just but, why but, does just us talking about it making I'm yeah, more no, saliva I, in my mouth? I, I know, I is, is that is that my subconscious? But what like, I'm saying is, having... I think he takes such a random thing as saliva and with mud, and then does the miracle that that it would force you to believe. That's why I don't think it's possible for for the the writer of this, John the Apostle. He said, let me just sit. I need to dream up something that I can hoodwink 
the human race. I tell you what, I'll come up with a story whereby Jesus spit on the ground. I just don't think if if it was a lie, I don't think you could have dreamed up the things well, right. that he did. I, I think it, that too. When last time it we boggles talked, the mind. But time. you know what? It's interesting. I yeah. look. I it looked is. up the many uh, spitting records, and look, there were hundreds. I mean, the a couple that stood out to me were uh, they have every year they have the world's longest cricket spit. And it has all the rules. Like an actual, it's got to be brown. Do you, you got, spit an actual cricket? An actual cricket. It has to be frozen, <laughs> and then it's so thawed. He's a, he's a dead cricket. He's a dead cricket. He's frozen, but it's thawed. And you have when you put it in your mouth, you have twenty seconds. You know what the record is? Thirty-two feet. <laughs> That's a long way. <laughs> That's a long way to spit a cricket. I saw the old African-American woman sitting on the porch. I've told you this before. And she spit Sweet Garrett snuff from the edge of the porch. Me and Si were standing there watching, and it went from here to that curtain back there. I, I would For say, our audience, that's I would say 15 or 20 feet. feet and, I, yeah. and I said, I looked at Si, I said, would you like to be able to spit like that or what? He said, she's, she's the world champion. I never well, 31 seen, feet. I never seen Sweet Gary go that far. 31 feet. And it was like in a string. It wasn't yeah. like in a plug. It was just like about a – Like a water hose. Huh? Well, it was just like four or five inches, three or four inches, kind of spaced out and like a rocket. I, said, I told Siles that I wish I could do that. He said, I ain't never seen anybody spit like that. Well, I love the regular. These are tobacco. things that some people didn't have in their childhood, but we were just young boys. But we well, were impressed. I, well, what I'm saying is, it's an attention. At Thirty-two getter. feet. That is pretty incredible. Well, it's thirty-one is the record, and uh, a cherry pit is ninety-three feet. They have cherry pit spitting competition Whoa. every year. But that'd but, be more like a blow, like a blow dart, I guess. Yeah, right? yeah. I mean, that's yeah, it's a, like a. Whew, whew. Yeah, but the reason I'm saying feet. this is here. I, I think that's why Jesus chose this. I mean, I I know people think spitting is gross, but when you look at what it what saliva does, and then humans are enamored by it, I I thought the same thing about you know passing gas or farting or whatever, yeah. whatever you want to call it. These people that think that that's uncivilized, you, they're miserable people. You know why? Because <laughs> when you don't expel gas, you cramp. <laughs> Yep. And when you're denying that that's funny, <laughs> why is it funny? It, just it's even. always funny. Look, kids. Every kid from two to four goes through the potty bow. Oh yeah. And parents do the worst thing they can do. They quit talking like that. Stop talking like that. No, it's funny. They so, realize so that right. when you poot, it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> and the parents are like, no. So look, when I got to my third kid, I said, you know what? I'm not doing that. We're again. celebrating. I, I'm celebrating. Now, look, my daughter, she'll walk through the house. Wrong. Because I told her when she was two to four, I was like, go for it. It's funny. God made you that way. She So she, even today, and you, you've heard her, she oh, yeah. tells jokes about she I've been knowing you ever since you were born, but I had never thought about that. <laughs> well, what I'm saying is God created that. And now you're going to be delusional and think that that makes you uncivilized. Yeah, and I know God has a sense of humor because He put odor in it and He put sound to it. I just have, I've trained myself, even if uh, man, woman, or child or beast, I, 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 I'm oblivious to that. Well, when you get over seventy, nobody cares, and then people <laughs> understand. <Yeah>. And <laughs> then I know this incontinent. Well, what, yeah. what helps? I don't know whether it's part of the equation or not, but I have noticed that when you hit to be when you get to be seventy four, that's what I am. I would say in the last three years, my smell got a little less, a little less, a little less. Well, I got that. So now, Miss K says, "Could you you smell what's on in the oven?" I said, "Miss K, I can't smell anymore. I can't smell." Oh, so you're saying it doesn't stink? You just can't smell it. He can't smell it. Oh, that's two different things. That doesn't help. I can't smell it. I mean, you could lay one out. I'd never smell it. I mean, I don't care. But the downside is you can't, can't smell. smell you can't smell the but peach cobbler either. I used can. to go through the woods and could smell squirrels when I was a boy. 
Yeah. But but now I can't I can't smell what's on for dinner. But look, one of my buddies told me a story that when he was dating his wife, he said that they they go they're having a, he's at the family gathering first time meeting the family. He said the dad of his the girl he's dating, which he eventually married, he said he's telling some story, and he like halfway through the story, he just kind of stopped and reared up, and he said it was just like guttural. <laughs> The like something going through a garbage garbage disposal, and he said nobody laughed, nobody snickered, and he said I lost it. He said I could not maintain control. He said I had to get up and leave. He said you know when you don't want to laugh, but it didn't get the way of him married the girl. Well, right, he still married her, but but his point was. He still got her. There's no divorce. Yeah. No, yeah, they're still married. But his point was, what's wrong with these people in that we can't chuckle? But he said every, the family was stone faced, silence, which made it worse for him. Oh yeah, because he just, I just well, the met worst this girl. For we're dating, and the guy literally like because I even never say, whoa, whoa, yeah. sorry about that. Well, why are you leaning to one side? That's not really doing anything. But in your mind, it just amplifies. Yeah. And so I only oh, say all this to say this, that God, I think if you look at the purpose of why we have these things, it it will it helps us understand that here's the creative universe doing something that because I think people in the world read this thing, that's so silly that that's he spit on the ground. You actually want me to believe that? Well, yeah, yeah, I do. I th- what's the word you you're supposed to have? Uh, etiquette. Yeah, I mean, etiquette. It's, it's, supposed to, it's supposed to be. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm challenging through this yeah. story. Because well, I think that is something that somebody created that it's not the right etiquette where I'm saying, well, yeah, it, the alternative is what? Ride around on the ground with cramps and yeah. you're so anxious. Oh, you just need to break wind and then laugh about it and we move on. Yeah. It's It's funny. Well, we're out of time, unfortunately. Uh, that's why I like the Unashamed Podcast. We can go from John 9 to Spittle to Breaking Wind all in the same conversation. I mean, God we, we, created I you, us. we're the only podcast in America. God that's created these functions. Embrace it. So we're so glad you guys were with us today. You can subscribe on iTunes or Spotify or YouTube or Facebook. And be sure and rate us on iTunes so that other people can know about the podcast.